0: I'm not a girl
1: Just the four of us. We can make it if we try. Just the four of us. You and you and you and I.
2: You guys, I'm really sorry. I've been up since seven, so I'm like so extra right now. (laughs) Like I'm like hella excited. I'm like, yeah, let's do this. Let's go. Let's do it. Coffee! I'm
1: pretty excited too. I went
3: to
2: I went to sleep at like four thirty because Beyonce. Why do you do this to yourself? Because Beyonce, already said that. Is this going to be the Beyonce Degrassi crossover episode? No. <laughs> I, have a, I have a corrections corner. What? Yeah, I have a corrections corner. I found a false false statement that I made, and I'm going to correct myself. Even though I don't think anybody else has figured this out yet. Okay, so last week I put... Spike Lee um or two weeks ago I put Spike Lee on blast about saying that he discovered Rosie Perez and I said American Bandstand. I am such an asshole because I knew it was Soul Train. She was on Soul Train but y'all didn't correct me so I look like a dumb piece of shit uh, because I misspoke. So that's my correction. Like, we still did not discover Rosie Perez at a club. Rosie I like Perez that the was on corrections
0: corner involves blaming us because you got really excited and <laughs> talked really fast. So the fault lies ultimately not with you, but with us for not interrupting you.
2: I'm just what? saying it's just the, the fu- four of us. We can make it if we try. <clears throat>
0: All right.
2: Well. So I'll- fuck you guys. No, it's my bad. But anyway, just want to correct the podcast all right all right well welcome
1: to that bleeping podcast a (laughs) podcast where four academicals who love television recap analyze and love and hate on all things popular culture Uh, we're working our way through the first season of Degrassi the next generation taking him two episodes at a time today will be episodes nine and ten before we start two things spoiler alert There's full spoilers as we recap each week's episodes, and sailor alert, we swear a bit, so do what you need to do with that information. I'm Tiffany Salter. I'm a professor of Asian American and Pacific literature who also teaches things like science fiction, cartoons, and other literature-adjacent subjects.
0: I'm Jay Brennan Shaw. I'm a professor of african-american literature and popular culture i also teach a lot of composition i also watch a lot of tv but not as much as jacinta i mean
3: thank you i'm, I'm a good one. yeah 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 no I appreciate it. thanks i'm jacinta i'm, <laughs> I'm a phd uh, candidate i study film tv and pop culture long time degrassi fan And I watch a lot of TV, as Brendan already said, and occasionally make tweets that randomly go viral now, I think is a thing. So yeah, good times.
2: (laughs) I'm Sonic Gabbard. I teach at Ohio State. I am a political economist, but I'm in the Department of Women's Gender and Sexuality Studies. And I'm here in the capacity of a Degrassi Next Generation stan. So let's do this. Let's talk about blood. A stan? Honey. Yeah.
3: yeah. Honey. Do we need to. Is this. Do we need an explanatory comma here? Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry.
3: So, for, for our
1: listeners, I mean, for our listeners, please. Sure. 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 Yeah. You
3: know, are you familiar with one Eminem? <laughs>
1: oh. One Herschel Mathers? I mean, you know. The basics, sure.
3: He was popular. Once upon a time, Eminem had this song called Stan. It had a music video that starred uh, Devin Sawa uh, of Casper fame. He was a fan who was obsessed with Eminem. Like, that's what the song is about, too. And the point is that Stan came to be a term for, like, super obsessed fans. Not fans who are as obsessed as Devin Sala in that video because he is literally off the rails, <laughs> but but like people who are very deep into their fandom. Okay.
2: Yeah, he does like a, a Whitney Houston uh, stalker in the Bodyguard, off the rails in that video. Oh, so swim, yeah, fan. yeah, swim, fan mm-hmm. level. yeah, but
3: okay, but but like less, like a little bit lower than that in regular life, like you know,
1: <laughs> okay. 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 Thank you. For
0: this. So you stand for someone. Okay. Can, it's, a, it's a verbalized.
2: You can also just be a stand. Yeah.
0: So like if you went into the comments under a video and were like, "This is really good," but she's not as good as X person, and then someone else might say, "Oh, the so and so stands showed up." If you mm-hmm. it in the YouTube comments,
2: I never like beehives is the stand yeah. of Beyonce.
1: Okay. Well, I know the beehive. Okay.
2: Oh yeah, I'm 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 there. You lost all the sleep because of being a a beehive. A (laughs) VIP.
3: I mean, like I probably could have taken a nap, but you know, that's what Dylan did. He took a nap, but I was just I just stayed up, and I don't regret it because that concert was great.
0: For two pieces of explanatory information, one. We are filming this the morning after Beyonce's performance at Coachella, the first one, which was live streamed on YouTube. Two Jacinta had a tweet about a quiet place that went viral oh, uh, yeah. last week. <laughs> Those are yeah. our two points of clarification for the listeners.
3: It's also still like being retweeted quite a lot. The internet is weird.
1: But also, I mean, it was an awesome tweet, and Niall DeMarco really appreciated it, and I also really appreciated it.
2: Well, thank you. That's right. the screen cap of the tr- the tweet on our Instagram?
3: Oh, I sure. Keep
2: this viral going.
3: Instagram. <laughs> I don't know if it's made it to Instagram. It's been yep. on Facebook and Tumblr.
0: Oh, what's yeah, going yeah, on? If crap. it's on, if it's on Tumblr, it's gonna come back, back around. Don't worry. So should we dive into some Degrassi?
2: Degrassi, yes. I'm bloody excited. Yeah, blood jokes the whole time. Yeah, I'm good. I'm into it. It's the menstruation nation.
0: I mean, I'm <laughs> fine with menstruation. I just think bloody jokes aren't that funny.
2: All right. So no blood.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, episode nine was coming of age. So coming of age has obviously our A plot and our B plot. Uh, The A plot is really about Ashley and Jimmy's relationship. So at the beginning of the episode, we learn that Jimmy is turning 14 in a couple days. He's becoming a man. Ashley is invited over for dinner for his birthday. And through context, we understand that Ashley has never gone over to his house. And Jimmy is always at her house. He eats dinner there like seven days in a row. And then after she has this conversation with Jimmy, she has a conversation with Terry, which establishes that she's feeling a little smothered, like he's always there. Over the course of the day, she decides she wants some time away. They decide to have a girls' night as a way, I guess, to reconnect with Terry, but just kind of to use Terry to get away from Jimmy. I wasn't really sure on that. So at the end of the day, school day, they walk home, Terry and Ashley ready for their girls' night and Jimmy is there and we discover that he's also becomes sort of an older brother figure for Toby and is helping him practice basketball. So Ashley's really upset. She complains to her mom. She just sort of doesn't want Jimmy there. And he ends up staying for dinner. But she's annoyed. She has a discussion with her mom and with Terry is annoyed, and through this process, Toby comes to understand that she's frustrated, and she's considering breaking up with Jimmy. And so Toby, trying to be nice, tries to tell Jimmy that he needs to back off, and ends up telling Jimmy that Ashley's going to break up with him. And so Jimmy's really frustrated, and... It sort of all comes to a head when Ashley goes over to his house for his birthday and we discover that it's this sort of cold, sterile, what I assume to be like a rich person's house in this world. Uh, His parents aren't there. Even though it's his birthday, they both had to work. They promised to make dinner, but they're not there. Ashley and Jimmy confront each other about what they both are feeling. And it leads to Ashley leaving and the sad, sad image of Jimmy calling get his usual from the pizza place which just made me want to eat pizza like the last two times ago when i wanted pizza ultimately they sort of at the end of the episode they reconnect and sort of make up and that's sort of how our a plot ends is with them sort of figuring out that i don't know i don't know how we can talk about that but sort of that like partly that they were basing it on information from other people, but also that it's not so smothering slash she feels bad for him. I don't know. The B plot starts with Emma in a really bad mood studying for a test. uh, And she's really annoyed because Sean Mm -hmm. is showing Manny astrology and she gets really annoyed and yells at them. She takes a science quiz. She doesn't do very well on it. She goes home and cries while eating ruffles while watching soap operas. And her mom says what's wrong. And Emma says, basically, that she's a nihilist because the world, the universe is so big, and she's so small. And also soap operas. And her mom says, soap operas are made to manipulate you. And you are really small, but we should go shopping. Um, So they go shopping for retail therapy, which is great, until they get cat called or I don't know what we'd call that sexually harassed harassed by a guy who just seems to be standing waiting to sexually harass someone they're eating ice cream and he says sort of to both of them Um, I'd like a lick of your cone. And Emma's mom confronts him and embarrasses Emma, but also we come to find out sort of gives her a model of what she can do when she's attacked for her being a woman. And so the next day at school, Emma feels better. She has a new sweater. She's wearing what I would say is perhaps her most, her best outfit so far. She's wearing a white skirt, which is important because... She is sitting outside with Manny, Sean is trying to sort of apologize, and they're going to have a cute moment, and she gets up to go walk with him, and realizes that she's had her period for the first time, and it's stained the back of her skirt, and so her and Manny have to figure out what to do, which involves them going to the bathroom, and Manny is the best person ever, so she's trying to figure this out for her, and she runs to get something... While she's gone, Paige comes in and gives some older girl wisdom. She has a pad in her purse, and also they discuss what getting a period means. Emma says, "I'm, but I want to be a kid." Paige says, "It's great being an adult slash having breasts." And then Manny comes back with a giant—what were those athletic shorts? Mm-hmm. And that's what Emma has to wear when they have to go do a book report in front of the class. And the class sort of laughs at Emma, led by JT and Toby. And Emma sort of takes the moment to strike back by outing herself as having her period and saying it's perfectly natural. And my OG, Miss Kwan, agrees with her. That's sort of how that ends up. Miss Kwan's on her side. Sean finds her spunkiness attractive, I guess. Then the next day, she has a uh, petition to get pad dispenser in the bathroom and Sean signs it and all is well with Degrassi. That's my that's my book report
3: <laughs> on Degrassi.
1: So I wanna say first of all that this is the episode that hooked me. Because <laughs> no no I, I, like, up to this point, like I have enjoyed myself and not enjoyed myself alternate, you know, in alternating fashion. But this episode, I was like, oh, man, they're doing good things, and I
0: really like it. I had the same... I thought... I was like, oh, the... Ri-. I also feel like the writing improved.
1: Yeah, for sure. This is by
0: far the tightest... I mean, it's still a, a, a tween teen television program, and it has its weird moments, and it's very short, so they have to, co- like, condense things. But I felt like the writing in this episode and the next episode, were much more on point. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. And there was a lot less expository weirdness. And the characters make more sense than they have been.
3: Yeah, I mean, I would say as somebody who's watched, like, you know, 10 seasons or so of Degrassi, it definitely, like, starts to find its groove um, as it goes on. And, like, the second, third seasons are really great. And then from there on, you know...
2: Yeah, no, this is this is very much classic Degrassi. I, I actually have a question for the resident experts, because I know that the A-plot was supposed to be Jimmy and Ashley because it opened with them, but I feel like the M of B-plot got about the same amount of airtime and seemed to be packing more messages than the Jimmy-Ashley. So like, mm-hmm. I guess I'm wondering as a layperson, like what makes something the main plot versus the subplot?
3: Oh, this is nerdy right here. It, so it is. Doing.
2: But I actually,
1: <laughs> well, we do it. I feel the same way because despite the opening and closing on Jimmy and Ashley, I actually thought of Emma as the A plot too, and for, for the same reasons.
0: Yeah, I think I just chose that because if you like having read the Degrassi Wikipedia, not for this episode, but in general, the, they describe the A plot in their, in Degrassi language, as being the Mm -hmm. opener-closer. But yeah, I think you're right, that probably, ultimately, especially since, yeah, because more happens, and thinking about the last two episodes we talked about in the last episode, that was confusing. The last two Degrassi episodes we talked about in the last podcast episode, the Emma plot is closer to those A plots, where, like, more change actually happens. And I think we're supposed to like that plot more. I mean, more it's more interesting. No shade on the Jimmy-Ashley thing, but I wasn't quite sure what the point was of that until late in the episode. Like, I was waiting for more of a reveal. Like, I honestly thought this was going to go in the other direction and it was going to be, like, Jimmy's parents left him or something. So I think you're right. I think my A-plot, B-plot was wrong Deacon no i mean a plot B plot. no i just don't know
1: <laughs> i don't know what I, I think that the argument can be made either way and i think that while it's more obvious that emma's story fits the title coming of age i think that there is something to be said for the fact that though it's subtle and not really obvious and it's internal and we can't really see it there is a maturity or a maturing um that happens with ashley as she realizes that being in a relationship is much more about understanding and sympathizing with your partner their needs rather than just like what they can give you so I mean like in that respect like I also saw her story fitting into the the title
0: I mean it's interesting too that sorry I cut you off again
1: (laughs) well just uh, just that I mean like we think of your first period as the sort of like turning point and like a a physical marker of coming of age, but I thought that Mm the that I thought that it was really interesting that the Ashley Jimmy plot also dealt with it, but in a much more subtle and different way.
0: Well and it does start with that discussion where Jimmy says, I'm a man now because he's turning fourteen and Terry and Ashley are like, brah please and they think he's funny for it. Which is interesting following what you're saying, Tiffany, because The growth seems all on Ashley's side. Jimmy's plot, part of this plot, like we don't, we're not on, we don't get to know his sort of secret until late in the story. Right. So it is all about Ashley having to deal with it. And it's never like, maybe Jimmy could learn a lesson about telling his girlfriend about what's going on with his family.
1: I think, yeah, I think that's totally fair. But I think that I, the way that I viewed it was much more like, this is a chance for Ashley to catch up to Jimmy. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, well, I
0: don't know. I catch up to him sort of, except that he's not disclosing that. Well, not not that it's like a big disclosure.
3: She knows that his parents aren't around.
0: Yeah. Mm.
3: Because her mom is like, I feel bad for him. He's always Mm -hmm. alone. Yeah, Yeah, I think
1: that. I think that the thing here is that like Ashley knows it. She just doesn't know it. Know Mm -hmm. it. And I think that this yeah. is where she starts to actually understand, like,
0: what that actually means. Also, related to that, the other thing in this episode is Toby is so sweet, or he can be so sweet. And I liked the Jimmy-Toby friendship that actually seemed genuine. hmm And the yep. brothering, the sort of older brothering, which is, I guess, thinking about maturity also, I think, and even Toby's attempt like, he doesn't seem to be trying to shit start. He seems to be really, like, this is my this is my friend, and I'm trying to... He doesn't really know how to tell him, like, dude, you're smothering her. So yeah. he tries. It backfires. But I wrote, Toby's the sweetest. Because he was really trying. Yeah, it's he told... Cute.
3: Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, he, he told her, I wrote down a line, he was like... You don't bring people into your life just to throw I, them away. I know.
2: And I, and I was like, oh, Toby. <laughs> I know he's totally projecting his parents' divorce on like, oh, yeah. Ashley and Jimmy. I mean, it's so cute. He's like, don't be like our parents. And she's like, my dad's gay.
3: <laughs> right. She said. She said, Toby, my dad's gay. It's not exactly one hint of trouble. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Such a good line. I know. Yeah, they're becoming more sibling-like, too, which I think is pretty great.
0: Yeah. No, I, this, I liked, so I like Ashley more in the next episode, but I liked her in this one. She Still, I feel like Terry is, like, the unsung, like, right. ever-usable friend.
2: Yeah, she's doing a lot of emotional labor for Ashley. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Although, it's interesting. So, I wrote down, maybe this is the episode where we all start shipping Terry and Ashley, because the <laughs> the glances that they give each other about Jimmy, and I know that it's Terry trying to be sympathetic, but like, I was like, if we were to start uh, some fanfic, this is the episode. <laughs> because the two of them are like, dude, we're going to eat our ridged Pringles. You need to get the fuck out.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of potato product chips and there's
2: these. a lot of ridges in this episode
0: <laughs> ruffles give you ridges yep uh, I, we I, also they don't
2: make those anymore the ridge pringles but ray told me oh. ray watched it with me and she was like those don't exist anymore
0: last from the past
2: they might in canada though you never know
1: it's, it's true. true they do have superior potato chip products like, I also,
0: in my recap, left out small but important, the part where they are reading the uh, like Cosmo quiz. Oh and mm-hmm. the line, he doesn't vibrate on your Richter scale. <laughs> because they're reading the quiz and like Ashley and Terry are doing it and then Jimmy comes over, I guess, trying to figure out a way to come over that night. And he's like, I just want to know what my girl's thinking about me.
3: <laughs> and all of his friends are like,
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> like chill, bro. It's, it's cool yeah. Jimmy's so, I mean, bless his heart He's so thirsty Jimmy's Not for all- sex, for love And
3: they've yep. been together for so long
2: I know The little lockers decorated With each other's pictures And also mm-hmm. Jimmy has a Bob Marley picture Next to the picture of <laughs> Ashley <laughs> Sure. In his locker. He's so cute. <laughs> but also, can we talk about JT telling Emma she looks sexy in her blue chino skirt? <laughs> JT. JT, man. Oh, I hate him.
3: Yeah,
1: I just tried to ignore him. What was her response? I forget. Did she just ignore him? Mostly. Because, I mean, I think that that's there to be sort of a, a middle school echo of the the guy at the
0: mall. Yeah, that yeah. Plus the, plus the like humiliate attempt to humiliate her in the book report.
1: Oh yeah, that for sure. But um, but yeah, I
0: know you're right. No, he's the he's the baby version of the the sociopathic businessman who lurks in the mall.
2: Yeah, or just the everyman.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, they're, but they literally have him just standing, because, because it's Degrassi he, and they have no time, he is literally <laughs> has to be right there. No, you're right, I'm not trying to downplay that as, like, normal harassment, but they have to have it happen so fast.
3: Because he'd like a lick of that. Yo, Ugh, God. Oh, gross. Uh, uh, gross.
2: Uh, ar- gross.
3: But I, but I like, you know, they finally are letting, like, Spike, like, Like, do things. So
2: she was, you know, she was very, very mad. (laughs) I mean, I would go motherfucker too if that, if some motherfucker like hit on my kid right in front of me, I would be like, nope, let me take this ice cream and shove it up your ass. I
1: thought
0: she was going to throw it at him, honestly. Oh, I wanted
1: her to so badly.
0: (laughs) I did think it was interesting how much you can, having not watched like the previous iteration. This episode gives you such a s gives you so much of her mom, where you can see how much Emma is her mother in her mother's mold. Yeah, like all the the causes, the the sort of critique of society when she's like, "Don't watch," you know, those things are just put together to manipulate you into feeling sad. Yeah, we're just great. We're just so small, and the universe is massive. Yeah,
2: <laughs> we're specks, <laughs> little specks alone but also emma
1: well the actress who plays emma is such a bad crier
2: uh she's a bad everythinger at acting all right well i don't know if i, I, know if I want to go down that road
0: yeah, i don't think these are all necessarily great actors i thought she was fine the crying is bad but i didn't think she was bad overall
1: no overall she's fine I,
0: I, But liberty I mean, is liberty is a much better fake crier
1: oh for sure yeah
3: but, Poor Liberty. We'll get all there. Right. We'll, we'll get
1: we'll there. We'll get there.
3: <laughs> I was just going to say, I want to know who decided that Sean would be the one who's into horoscopes. Like, of all things.
0: <laughs> I loved that.
3: Now I was just wondering, were they, like, throwing darts? Like, ah, Sean, horoscopes, great.
0: <laughs> I guess, narratively, it's just so that he can make up with her. Right. And they can be hearts of Twitter.
1: And we also get to actually find out a little bit about Manny. Manny's Filipina. Yes. She's born in Manila, um, and we, we get to learn a little bit more about her. She's still totally a side character, which I'm, I'm yes. waiting for the moment where we get more of her. But um,
2: But yeah, we'll get full on Manny soon full-on, full-frontal Manny. It's no, just, that's, that's, that's awkward. That's not
1: what we're getting. We are we're cutting that shit up.
2: Get your
1: heads out of the other. I mean, like, no, full-frontal like, is not something you read into. Yeah, it's no, I don't think that's a just a turn specific. of phrase. <laughs> it's very that's specific.
2: Just one thing. <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry. I was thinking
0: full-throttle. Okay, well. Just like so, you know how there's like Charlie's Angels full throttle. Don't check out Charlie's Angels full frontal. It's a different movie. It's not the same oh, thing. Oh
2: boy. Okay. Uh, so we'll talk. when we were in when we were driving up to Youngstown yesterday. There was a billboard that said you don't need porn. That was it. That's oh, well. <laughs> well, thank Just you for a reminder, that. You don't need porn. I mean, but you want it. <laughs>
0: Me? But I did, so I did write down to return to Manny that Manny is the best. I mean, between Manny and Terry, this is really an episode of like, well, ultimately, and even Paige, this is sort yep. of like Girl Squad. This was like a Girl Squad episode where the women, the girls were all, and her mom, like the best stuff
2: happened. And Miss Quan. Your girl, Miss Quan.
0: And even yeah, Ashley's mom trying to explain. And Toby. Toby was the outlier, but otherwise it was just. All the stuff around the period and Miss Kwan and her response to the to uh, the fact that Emma is just like outing her period and telling the class about it, which was awesome. Oh Miss w- Kwan.
3: I wanted to know where Manny got these giant adult <laughs> inside <fan-tied> shorts <laughs> from. Because obviously they, they're they are in middle school, so
2: <laughs> uh, obviously they're spinner or jimmies because those boys can't wear proper size clothes.
3: That's true. All of Jimmy's clothes are for three Jimmys.
2: Yeah,
1: okay. <laughs> but also, um, uh, Manny like holding up, the, holding them up during the uh, <laughs> book report while they're both at the front of the room. So and cute. like, Emma's job is to give the book report, and Manny's job is to like hold up her <laughs> pants, which. Okay, I mean, like this is—I think this is a moment where we could have maybe I don't know—had the roles reversed and Emma holds up her own damn pants and Manny gets to actually like say a thing, uh, but you know, it was—it was good comedy. Though.
2: It was good, it was comedy, good comedy, yeah, yes. for sure.
3: And I like how Miss Quan's just letting it happen. Like, sure, this is normal. I'm not gonna ask any questions whatsoever. Miss Quan, kind of the punches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: No, Miss Kwan's like, girl, I've been there. I've worn <laughs> the big shorts. You just wear your shorts. I won't say anything. Just I mean, in shorts.
0: both these episodes, she just appears out of nowhere. Because in the second one, she just literally appears out of nowhere to talk to Spinner. Oh, God. And then disappears in the hallway.
3: Ms. Kwan lives at the school.
2: She's the magical teacher.
0: Yeah. I I'm also just...
3: liked, I liked when Emma, when they were talking about... When they were tanning outside, I don't know what they were doing.
2: They were all sitting on the bench with their heads (laughs) Um, going. They live in Canada. They needed that vitamin D because it's like nine months of winter. I don't think that's how
3: that works. But, um, and they were talking about Jimmy and Ashley and Emma goes, maybe she's just having a bad day. And Toby says, more like a bad decade. (laughs) (laughs) I was so (laughs) amused. Because I
2: appreciate Toby's <laughs> snark sometimes. <laughs> uh, also, he keeps it at 1,000.
0: I know. He's great.
2: I liked when Emma... I, I don't know... Or no, it was Ashley. My favorite line that she said was, ah, more like mildly dying. <laughs> <laughs> middle school is
3: dramatic, man. Oh. Like, when both both of these episodes, I just was very much like, middle school is so
2: so much. Yeah. Mhm. Can we talk also about the so like I feel like now there has been more work in popular culture and probably brought on by social media um for embracing the pe- the period and like really leaning it, not leaning into the period but at least leaning into it being more part of something you can talk about like destigmatizing the the period. Uh, this came out in two thousand and one. Like this was really radical. Right, I would have loved to have watched this as a middle schooler. Same.
1: I mean, like that's that is why I'm here for this episode. Like I wish that I had because I mean, wait, is this the episode where we talk about what how old we were when we got our parents?
3: Are we, didn't we Let's talk about not talking about that? <laughs> well, we talked about our,
1: Sonnet was, like, r- losing our virginity a couple episodes oh, ago. Oh, that's, yeah.
3: that's right.
1: <clears throat> no, but, like, I mean, as someone who got her first period at school, like, I needed oh. this episode. Like, it was, mm. I was reliving it a lot. And just, like, I wish that I had had the, the gumption that... Emma had to, to oh my sort God, of, like, yes. address all of it. I mean, because like, even before she gets up in front of the class, she's like, oh, I mean, like, she knows everything about it. Like, she just knows that she's unprepared for it. it. You know, it's it's not a matter of like, this came as a surprise or anything like that. It was just like, oh, okay, this is what's happening. I just wish it hadn't happened right now. And she's, I mean, like many things, very level-headed about it, I guess.
0: Manny's help because yeah, Manny also sure. is like I know what's going on she's like that was PMS <laughs> <It>
2: was <laughs> that's
0: like, oh, why you were in a bad
2: mood yesterday bitch. Cool.
0: <laughs> maybe you're a workaholic one are my favorite lines because she knows what's up Manny knows what's up even Paige has this it's, this is the second time in so many episodes where like similarly with the gay dad thing where Paige is like when it really comes down to it I'm not going to be a bitch right now
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, she she's clutch. Yeah, I so I got my period before middle school because the gods hate me. Mm. But I remember very distinctly when Matt Crabtree grabbed my trapper keeper to grab a piece of paper out of it. But there was a pad in there. And he didn't ask, of course. So he just grabbed it, opened it, horrified, shut it really loud and dramatically. And Mr. Hilgenbrand's uh, math class, and I wanted to die, like forever die, because he saw, because one stupid boy saw my pad. So like, all props to this episode, because I was like, I would have been like, Matt Crabtree, let me tell you about my period. I'm, <laughs> blah, blah blah. Mr. Hilgenbrand would not be okay with that though. He'd be like, no, go to the nurse, a health problem.
1: Yeah, I got mine at the beginning of the school year. When I was eleven in sixth grade, before I was like too. it was the week before High I five. turned twelve. High five! It was the week before I turned twelve because my birthday's very early in the school year, and I was like, "I I've done fucked up sixth grade. Like it's oh. this this year is ruined for me."
2: Brendan,
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have that story. I did thinking about ages though. I did discover in this episode. But I think I'm the same age as the Degrassi kids. They're 28.
2: They said 89. Manny's Oh, 89. no.
0: My brother's the same age. I knew I recognized Manny's age. I yeah. did not have any of that. I did have a mother who was very vocal about having her period when she did, when we were little. So, had I been a cis woman, I would have been ready. Because we were little, she did not hide any of that from us. She was like, whatever. This is my period. Now I'm telling you guys about it. So,
2: I was um, ready in that I knew that it existed, but my mom was like, but I was 16, so don't worry. You've got years. And then like (laughs) a month later, I get my period.
1: Yeah, it was the same situation for me. My mom was also
2: much older, and so I was also not expecting it right away. My dad did call my grandma and tell her, and then she called me to say congratulations. And then I really wanted to die. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's that's a lot.
0: It's so extra. Doesn't someone... Oh, I guess that was the other thing I liked about this was that it was a mix of, like, this is horrible. That discussion between Paige and Emma where Paige is like, now things will be great. And Emma's like, but I like being a kid. was kind of awesome. Like, oh, I liked that there was a mix of that. Because someone mm-hmm. says at some point, now you can get pregnant.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Isn't it Manny who says that?
2: Yes, she does. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um. Paige says, but you get boobs. And Emma says, I don't want boobs. And Paige goes, and I wrote this down and wrote, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Paige says, they're actually really great. <laughs> 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 and I wrote, Paige loves boobs.
0: <laughs>
3: <And this laughs> but it's also like, yeah, I I really like... I love this page. Also, like Paige's self-awareness because she's like Emma's all I don't want to be all grown up or whatever. And Paige is some says some like oh you mean like me? <laughs> and then I was like oh Paige, <laughs> That's so cute.
1: Someone mentioned it before, but can we talk about Sean's response to Emma's takedown of the class giggles?
2: Oh yeah, he's turned on. It's, yeah. I have never
1: seen like a kid actor look so starry-eyed, and I know. It, it was just like it's like I just wanted there to be like one of those old school like fuzz filters that like mm-hmm. the edges are hazy and it's just like spotlights their face and how dewy-eyed they
0: are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now it was much more also compared to like the Liberty crush and JT's crush on Emma, it seemed also much more lasting.
1: Yeah. well, I And mean, much like,
0: better acted.
1: And I think that, like, for me, like, at first I was like, what is going on here? Because I was like, what exa- What part of this is he yes. responding to? Because, I mean, like, I mean, is he, like, weirdly like, oh, she's a woman now? Or was yeah. it, like, and I was like, no, that doesn't feel right. Like, it, it is definitely, like, I think that, he is, like, responding positively to her standing up for herself, which I thought was awesome.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Same. Yeah. He sees her badassery, and he wants it. Like, in a really sweet way.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, that was, like... I hate to say cherry on the top, but, like, it's just... (laughs)
2: Full frontal. <laughs>
1: nope. Uh <laughs> Bad anyway, rated
0: your Richter scale.
2: <laughs> I can't stand any of you.
0: I'm just quoting the show, Defender.
2: <laughs> I'm mildly I dying. I can't breathe.
0: That bleeping <laughs> podcast full frontal edition. Oh, oh my god.
2: No. Mistration nation. Yes. <laughs>
0: I just want you to know we, that Translation Nation me? and Full Frontal are not the same.
2: <laughs> I want the opening audio to be Beyonce's blow. Just like... Uh, I, the... I, feel, I feel like that is totally
3: inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying yeah, to probably. say
1: that this moment was the thing that like, really clinched it for me. This yeah,
2: shot moment. <laughs> that money shot? Jesus Christ. <laughs>
0: is the that living <laughs> podcast after dark
2: What was <laughs> 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 love line Fuck
0: <clears throat> No I mean it also what's interesting is how overall the show does such an interesting thing related to what you're saying Tiffany of having the se- like the grades seven and grade what there's seven and six or seven and eight eight seven and eight seven and eight are so distinctly yeah. different. Because also Sean being older than the other boys, that also seems to play into that scene. Mm Because, like, Toby... JT is the ringleader. Toby is sort of laughing along, but isn't mean in the same way. He's just sort of laughing because it's funny to him. But they're sort of, like... They seem so young, and Sean is not there for that either.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and also the... um... Also, he's a little bit more mature than Paige at the end of the episode because Emma is starting a petition to get a tampon dispenser in the women's bathroom. Paige is like, Sean, did you want to sign the petition? Like, thinking that Sean doesn't know that Emma got her period. And Sean's like, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, And or that it'll
0: scare her off, scare him off. Right, and he's
1: like, well, if Emma's doing it, then it's something that probably needs attention. Which
0: was adorable. Yeah. I
1: know.
2: Mm -hmm. I
0: know.
1: Overall, A plus for this episode. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes.
2: Favorite characters?
3: My girl Paige. She comes through in the clutch sometimes.
2: Plus, boobs. They're actually really great. (laughs) Sure, sure,
3: sure. (laughs) Also. And as well.
1: This is where I really start to love Sean. So I start to get it. I know that y'all have been, like, for Sean and Emma. This is where I'm like, okay.
2: Are you a stan for Shema?
1: I mean, (laughs) I don't know what their dynamic is going to be yet, but I'm just saying, like, I'm not anti-Shema at the moment.
0: Mine's a lady girl squad. So Emma's mom, Manny, Miss Kwan, Paige, all of them. Mine is Spike.
2: Emma's mom's Spike is mine because she, one, makes choices and decisions about money in the way that I do, where she's like, i am had a good shift, so let's go shopping. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I got my, my tax refund. Let's go shopping. But also, she just is like class act, single mom, killing it, doing a great job, raising her daughter to not be ashamed of her body or her period or existing in this world, And also taking down cat collars one man at a time. Which,
1: oh, I also just wanted to say, this is something that's kind of come up in, you know, general public discourse about, like, fighting back against cat collars. And I I just, again, wanted to talk about the timing super quick of, like, it being 2001 and Spike doing this work that, like, people are starting to talk about Mm -hmm. in a much different way now.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: again Degrassi about 17 years ahead of the curve get mm-hmm. it Canada
0: get and it. I would say that the relevance thing leads us pretty well into talking about the next episode
2: yes oh lord yes
3: oh yeah Good transition so, Brendan thanks for that segue Brendan <laughs> episode 110 uh rumors and reputations uh rumors with a u because we're Canadian um and I also, because of this episode, have had Lindsay Lohan's rumors stuck in my head. So this episode, again, like I said earlier, is really showing the middle school machine in action. The uh, sort of main plot is that Emma, in all of her nosy glory, sees Liberty with Coach Armstrong, who also also teaches math. And Liberty sees them close Coach Armstrong has his arm around Liberty, and or Emma sees them close and she assumes begins to assume that there's something shady going on between Coach Armstrong and Liberty. Uh, she later observes uh, them passing a note of some sort, and she just starts thinking that some that something's going on there. So then, of course, Emma tells Manny about what she thinks is going on. And Terry overhears this conversation. Terry tells Paige. Paige tells Hazel, who doesn't get named in this episode. I think I know Hazel. Hazel is, is the person that that Paige tells. Um, and then from once it gets to Hazel, it just like snowballs from there to the whole school. And the story keeps changing, you know. First it's like Emma saw this and so she's not sure what's going on, and then it's like They were in a car together and then they were overnight and it's the whole high school or middle school rumor situation of this story. And eventually Ashley hears about it. And at like a student council meeting, after a student council meeting, she brings it up to Liberty and tells Liberty what people are talking about. Um, Liberty, of course, is like, no, there's nothing going on. What's wrong with you people? And she runs off. Ashley is you know, trying to get Liberty to open up to her, says, you know, if there's something going on, we need to report it, et cetera, et cetera. Like the next day, the grade sevens are talking about it and Liberty comes in and she's upset and Emma goes to talk to her about it and Emma keeps pushing on it because Emma thinks that something uh, nefarious is occurring, but Liberty assures her that it's not anything like that. And so once Emma believes Liberty, then she's like, well, we need to hunt down whoever started this rumor. Of course, not realizing that the whole reason that this whole thing started was because she made assumptions about what she saw. Emma backtracks through the whole rumor chain and eventually gets back to Terry. And Terry's like, I heard it from you. Because y'all were loud talking in the hallway, as one does. Emma has, you know, be confronted with her actions of what occurred. And at some point in here, um, the, the rumors make it to Mr. Radich, who is the principal. So he pulls Coach Armstrong and Liberty into the office. And Emma feels bad for what she's done. So she goes to clear the air there. And make sure that like Coach Armstrong doesn't lose his job or get arrested for something that didn't happen. And ultimately, when Liberty and Emma have it out, because Liberty is upset that it turns out that Emma's the one who started this. Emma's still very much like, well, why were you together so much? As though it's any of her business. But it turns out that uh, Liberty has dyscalculia. And so she has difficulty with math. um, And she was embarrassed to talk about it. Coach Armstrong was helping her work through that uh privately without, you know, attempting to do this without everybody's crying eyes. But here we are. So that's that's like the main plot. And then the other plot is that Spinner has a reputation for sort of stretching the truth, one might say. And so his storyline is a little bit like Boy Who Cried Wolf sort of thing. So he gets his food from the cafeteria. And he has some sort of like animosity with one of the cafeteria workers. They don't. They don't seem to really like each other. And he finds some sort of uh, an earwig. He says in his food, um, but nobody believes him. So Spinner, in 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 Spinner's you know reasonable brain, decides that the way to fix this after Miss Kwan has confronted him about not you know saying things without evidence or proof is to collect a bunch of earwigs and plant them in the cafeteria food. He shares this plot of his with Jimmy. Naturally, Jimmy is not amused, especially when Spinner decides to put the earwigs in Ashley's food. And so Spinner gets caught and he gets in trouble. And still nobody believes him, of course. And Spinner's punishment for trying to hatch this earwig plot is that he has to work in the cafeteria for, like, the rest of the semester. Spinner's got a lot of punishments right now. He has to work in the cafeteria. <laughs> he can't participate in extracurricular activities. He's got a hard eighth grade um, <laughs> year going on here.
0: What is three? So the lunch lady, sorry, lunch lady says you have to work off the $300. And I was like, what What $300? It's
3: it's for the, they have to have it exterminated. Oh,
0: at- right, 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 okay yeah yeah, right.
3: yeah. and that's uh, that's pretty much the gist of one thing.
1: First question, where did he get all of these earwigs?
3: Right. He said it took him hours to collect them and I was like, that would be <laughs> that would be what you spend your time on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but like wh- I mean like if I spent hours looking for earwigs, I would not be able to find that many earwigs.
3: You are not Gavin Spinner Mason, right. so oh, so good. Did, is this uh, the first
1: time we learned that his first name is Gavin? Because, like, I was like, oh,
0: Gavin.
3: All right. We I think learned Miss, it in I, the... I think Miss Kwan has called him Gavin before. Uh, yeah. She calls him
0: Gavin a lot, yeah. Okay. In the episode where she was like, I see you're taking the class again, Gavin.
3: Right, but I
1: don't think I knew who Spinner was at that point.
0: Like, I didn't, like, have a conception. Uh, I, I didn't connect oh, the two. I think I remember because that's when i was like i like miss kwan a lot
2: (laughs) gavin
0: also in this episode they call her the wrath of kwan which i I... thought was a clever pun but also racist
3: i wrote it down and i was like oh the wrath of
0: i was like are you guys star trek foods or is this just a really good pun
1: (laughs) a little bit of column a a little bit of column b yeah
2: uh, this episode, this part of this episode should be called Triflin' White Ladies. we just call it that. <laughs> Thank you, Jacinta. Thank and you. you. Care, do you care to elaborate? Oh.
0: <laughs> oh. So, I mean, can I just say before you launch into that, that <laughs> last time you guys knew I felt some kind of way. From the thread, I could tell you guys felt some kind of way and that I'm going to feel differently. So, go ahead. About this episode, generally? Yeah. No, well, about the, the Emma storyline, right? That's our in White Ladies, right?
3: I yes. mean, I don't I, I don't have, like, a harsh reaction, per se, but Emma got on my nerves. Oh, yeah, because, for sure. Because she was just, like, 0 to 100, and I was just, like, there are some levels that we could have intervened before <laughs> all of this.
1: Well, I mean, but I think that it's also really indicative of Emma's, like she goes from zero to, like, this is the most important cause, and Mm -hmm. so I think that, like, she felt like she was sort of advocating on behalf of Liberty, but, like, that has a lot of, like, I mean, like, first of all, she's, she is assuming that Liberty can't advocate for herself, because Liberty is a smart person, and so, like, like, I, I have, a really difficult time believing that anyone could believe that she would allow herself to be victimized in the way that Emma immediately assumed. I
0: guess I was uh, confused. Agreed. Yeah. I guess I don't see what Emma really did besides talking to Manny. Because everything that snowballs from there is not about. I guess I didn't think she was that culpable beyond just talking oh, to well, Manny.
1: No, and I, I mean, I agree, but what I, I think that. The reason that she was talking to Manny was,
0: yeah, no, we, I get
1: that. We, we need to help Liberty out, and, right?
2: And also, she didn't act like Ashley. Like, Ashley, when she heard the news, was like, I'm gonna go talk to the source, right? Yeah, of the gossip. whereas Emma was not, not once did she like check in with Liberty and was like, Yo, uh, not until she heard the rumor. And so, instead of just going straight to Liberty immediately. She thinks I have to do something to save her or help her
3: i'm I'm less bothered by like her initial assumption, even though I like think it's not great. But I was more bothered by her when she actually does talk to Liberty, like she's not mm. listening. Right. She doesn't uh-huh. believe her. And and then when Liberty tells her, when she does believe her, then she still wants to know why they were together. Like mind your business. <laughs> it's not right. your business.
0: I will say the one thing that the episode never, for me, made me feel okay about was a teacher putting his arm around a student.
3: I mean, but that happens all the time in K mm. eight grades.
0: Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I, I guess I never, not that I'm, I think you guys are right. And I think I hadn't really. I was thinking more about Emma's culpability in the rumor, which isn't really her. And I think the point of the episode is that it is, but mm-hmm. isn't her fault. But I think you guys are right also that like, yeah, she doesn't go to liberty. I guess I was never. I I don't know. I'm. I was. I was sketched out by him putting his arm around her. Whatever mm-hmm. we're supposed to. Whether or not we're supposed to get context for that, and I think that the episode clearly shows that he's this lifeline for her, and I appreciated mm-hmm. that. But. Also, he's he also shouldn't put his arm,
2: arm around her. He's also the only black teacher at the school that we see regularly. Like, he's only, I, you know, he's one of the only, I think he is a lifeline for liberty. And I think that he, I don't know, I didn't see the arm thing. I thought the arm thing was weird, but I also, like but I don't, just said, I don't think, no, I'm not saying that he's, common.
3: it's weird because the show wants it to be weird, right? Like, it's not, they are focusing on it. But, like, if he had just put his arm around her in passing or, like, patted Sean on the shoulder or, like, I don't know, whatever. Like, it's weird because of the way that the camera focuses on it.
2: Right. Because I'm sure that Snake does that, too, to students. Right. right. And Mrs- and Miss Kwan does that, too, to students. Well, maybe not Miss Kwan. But maybe she does.
1: No,
2: not like, fun. But, but I mean
1: like if, if you have a student in front of you who is crying like who's very frustrated I can see where that could be a natural response especially in 2001 I think that maybe like this is where yeah. 17 years might make a difference and kind of like how we view what the teacher response should be in that situation but okay. I, yeah, I, I agree I, mean, I agree about like the camera making it weird like, I
3: mean like as somebody who was taught secondary, like now there's definitely much more of an emphasis on like, leave your door open and don't do all this other stuff than there was like probably back then. Cause I was in undergrad in education and two from in the 2005 to 2010 and it wasn't as heavily emphasized on that stuff right. as it is now.
2: Mm-hmm. So where I where I come off with saying tribal white lady is that one of the things Emma does, and, and I automatically associated this with like capital W white feminism, <laughs> is she immediately takes her past experience and mm-hmm. writes it onto Liberty. So she's like, I know what pedophiles look like because mm-hmm. I've interacted with one. So I'm going to write my experience onto you, not listen to you, not even look for the truth in that, in that moment, the capital T truth in that moment, I'm going to create the capital T truth. And then I'm going to talk to my friends about it. And I'm going to talk about how vexed I am about it for you. So for me, like, I saw so many parallels here. And I know that's not what the, the show is trying to do. But for me, I'm like, of course, Emma feels like she has to go save Liberty. Like, of course she does. Because Emma's going, she would probably do this for any student, regardless of race and gender, but like the optics of it look real nasty to me because I'm like, Emma has to go save her friend, who's also the only black character right now. Only black woman character girl character right now. Right. Like has a name. I'm like, come on. That has <laughs> yeah. a name. Right. Right. Who has a story. Right. You know? And also and it also happens to be save her uh, from the only black male teacher, right? Like it's just like so yucky. I could hear like Uma Narayan's voice in my head being like, white ladies gotta go save brown ladies from brown men. Like, ugh, stop, stop, Emma.
0: Well, I think what's interesting about that reading versus the Ashley thing is, cause I had a similar feeling that I liked Ashley more than Emma for trying to talk to Liberty, mm-hmm. but following your reading, she is still doing just a different version of white lady who feels like she knows better, because she is Mm -hmm. still like, hey, right? And so I think the episode, what's hard, I think, is that the episode wants it to be about rumors, right? And so the lesson that Emma is supposed to learn is about getting the truth, which kind of is sideways to your critique, right? Like Emma's supposed to realize that she started the room without realizing it, but she doesn't realize the other parts. Right. And also, I think what you're pointing to to Sonnet is that it also maybe suggests, although I think the show isn't maybe at this level, but on some level that like Emma should probably go to therapy for the fact that she was right, trapped right. in a hotel room right. by a pedophile, and right. so she sees a pedophile in that gesture. Because I will say, obviously, this is 17 years ago. Obviously, I teach college, not high school or middle school. As a cis male teacher, I would never put my arm around a student. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. When I worked with elementary school kids, they would, you know, the super young ones would climb on you. Otherwise, I would never do that. Because I know that the scene we see through the window, obviously, the race optics are different. I would never do this. So I think Mm -hmm. that, like, I think was perhaps why I reacted that way. Um, Yeah. I would I would be so scared for the student, for the teacher, but yeah, I think I'm need therapy. Yeah, definitely,
3: definitely Yes.
0: And liberty, I mean, I think liberty is getting help, which I think is, there's also an interesting disability narrative here. Mm-hmm. wrapped inside mm-hmm. of
1: it. Yeah, and I think that like I think that that part is interesting sort of dealing with the shame because she's because she is smart and we know her as a smart Uh, not only like a smart student, but also ambitious and willing to go the extra mile. And so I thought that I would have liked to have seen a little bit more because like right now we're just left with like Liberty feels shame because she, you know, has dyscalculia. I want to, I guess I I, want to see how that develops.
3: And it's, it's sort of, I mean, and that is sort of contrasted if we think with Spinner, right? Like Spinner and his ADD is not like something that he feels particularly ashamed of, right? It's just like who Spinner is, but because Liberty is Liberty and she has this sort of desire for perfection and to be seen that way, you know, this learning disability is something that she did not really want people to know about.
2: And Emma forces her to out herself about it. Emma's the one that's like, what is it? And she's like, do you really want to know? And then she shows her the pamphlet and she's like, Emma like forces her to out her disability. Too. And then Emma of course is like it's not a big deal. It's like, well, yeah, it's not a big deal to you, but you also made me tell you about it.
3: <laughs> also, speaking of Emma and Liberty interactions though, er, I really like the one earlier in the episode when <laughs> Emma or Liberty was at the computer and Emma's like trying to talk to her generally and Liberty's like <laughs> I just had a few emails to send. And I was like,
1: I
0: love
3: that. Who? Who are you emailing?
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, it's the
1: same reason she has a Palm Pilot. Like, you know. (laughs) The girl has things to do, y'all. I mean, like, she's taking care of her shit. Clearly. Yeah, she's
0: on student council. She's got to write all the announcements, she's got to run the newspaper.
1: She is way better at her email than I am at mine, so I <laughs> She way... also
2: She has to write the copy for Soapbox, too. Yeah. Like,
1: she's there are not always... enough hours in the day to do all of the shit that she is doing. That's why she's
2: always running. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> That's running or bathroom crying. Man, Liberty's no.
1: been through a lot of shit, y'all. Yeah. Yes. You really have.
0: Go back to Sonnet's thing from the last thing about a plot b plot i think this one is definitely an a plot b plus yeah i think this is like a classic example of how the b plot literally like this is like some seventh heaven shit where like every (laughs) every single plot has the same like has a mirroring like message right because we get miss kwan commenting on what spinner did about rumors like he, she says, that's a serious accusation. You want to be careful about defamation and rumor mongering. And she's obviously <laughs> talking to Spinner, but really talking to Emma, mm-hmm. right? Through Spinner. Because, like, Spinner's plot is so not, it is such a beat, it is such a sitcom
1: plot, yeah. really.
0: Yeah, it really is. What I thought was interesting was that there was a bug. <laughs> mm-hmm. That in both of these things, the thing that they're saying has an element, whether it's framed that way or really. That does make you go, huh? And then they just run away with
3: it. Right, because but it's like Spencer Spencer. Spinner's reputation then and then nobody believes him. Yeah. yeah And then he makes it worse.
2: <laughs> so no, that, one, I...
1: no one will ever believe him ever again about anything. Well,
0: he won't have time to do anything because he's always on punishment.
2: You guys, there's the new liberty because he's gonna have all the things to do. He has all the punishments to do.
0: It's <laughs> a BlackBerry.
2: Oh well, what was that pages little little
3: thing she was typing on? Remember, because she messaged uh, Hazel in class, oh, yeah. and I was like, "What is that?"
1: <laughs> I thought it was just a phone.
3: I don't. It, I mean, maybe it had a it had a little keyboard there. Okay.
2: We're still pre-texting, too. Like, isn't that exciting that we're going to get to experience this, the, the emergence of the text in this show? I'm really but, excited, you guys.
3: But also, like, following that rumor chain, I don't know that I believe that Hazel called Sean. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like of all people that Hazel might have called as we're passing along this information, I I, I was, what? I don't know that I
2: think they know each other. No, oh. Sean does her, her tarot readings. He does That's her, her uh, yeah, he he does her chart and her cards and her numbers. I <laughs> love the aim I that
0: they're using in the computer lab, and that the message is typed all the letter, all the like it's periods between each word, but they're all capitalized. Like, whoever sent an instant message like this?
1: Liberty. Liberty so okay I've been quiet because I've been looking things up in 1997 it became the uh, Nokia became the first manufacturer to pr- produce a mobile phone with a full keyboard oh and Ooh. 93 was actually that when uh Nokia first fully supported SMS text messages huh so we're we're in text zone um it just like is not was not as prominent as it is today
2: cell phones yeah. aren't As accessible and also texting didn't become the main form of communication until around now in Degrassi, right? Yeah, I mean, I got
3: got my first phone in 2002, but I don't think we really got into texting with them until like a few years later.
0: I didn't start texting until more than just very occasionally until I moved to Columbus in 2008.
1: I didn't start texting until
2: I think grad school or right before grad yeah, school.
0: Same.
2: Like I remember living in the Balkans in 2003, 2004 and like everyone did text messaging because nobody could afford a minute plans, mm-hmm. but texts were cheap, but you still paid by the text.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: I remember coming I mean, back and being like, everyone text- does SMS there.
0: I will say, I mean, my feeling from our discussion is that this like this episode wasn't beside, like, obviously, the Liberty Emma stuff, but otherwise, this episode was engaging, it wasn't as rich to me as the previous episode. Partially because these rumor episodes, which I feel like every TV show with teens or tweens has one, the message is usually the same. Basically, they have to learn that there are consequences to rumors, and all, all of them have a version of it, where yeah. it's like. You've learned a valuable lesson about not talking about, and this one doubles down between Uh Spinner and Emma. It's
1: just, it's a one big game of telephone. Telephone. Yep, 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 yep,
2: Ooh, it reminds me of uh, the Bye Bye Birdie opening sequence. What's the story? It's Alex Harlig's favorite um, opening sequence. Shout (laughs) out, Alex. Shout out to Alex, I guess. Big sorry.
0: What's the Nightingale. He pinned me. He pinned me.
2: Have you heard about Hugo and Kim? Did they really get pinned?
0: Anyway. So do we want to do our favorite? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: My favorite in this episode is Terry. I think, you know, just generally Terry's great. She's reasonably reasonable amongst all these, this sea of shenanigans. But my, my real favorite part was when Emma goes to confront terry after she decides that Terry's where the rumor originated and emma says i need to talk to you like very confrontational and terry's like okay <laughs> <laughs> like there's an ellipsis and a pause <laughs> i just i just loved her response because she was just like "What? Oh, sure sure let's let's chat in short i love terry and she deserves everything better Mm -hmm. than what we usually get from these people
0: i think i go for liberty liberty well liberty and ashley but i like i think that she has an arc here in terms of like like with jimmy in the last episode it's unfortunate that we don't get the story from their side we have to have characters like they have to reveal to characters we can't be from their perspective because in both we have like a secret of sorts or at least an emotional secret with Jimmy that has to be shown to to go back to actually your reading. sonnet, the white characters but, but I liked Liberty in this one
1: I like Liberty too I and I feel the same way because I, I, I kind of struggled with trying to figure out a favorite because I wanted Liberty to be afforded more opportunity to actually address everything, but mostly I just hated all of the other characters in this episode. (laughs) 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 And I always, and I always love Liberty and Terry too, but I don't know.
2: Everyone else can take a long jump. Dude, my favorite for real, like legit spinner I I love him so much. <laughs> I love him because, like, first of all, he had he did have an earworm in his food, and that's disgusting. I love him for his poor judgment, and I love him for having to wear this hairnet that will help his gelled hair set a little bit faster. <laughs> in the, um, the hairnet, oh, I just I'm. You know, he also was kind of out of the rumor mill. He did he did send that thing to Jimmy. Jimmy. Jenny, Jimmy, Jimmy. Wow. All right. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, so he was a part of it briefly, but he was really busy trying to get to earworms.
0: <laughs> Taking a lot of Ritalin to focus on this.
2: Also, guys, get it? Earworms. Could have been roaches. No, this is the rumors episode. It's earworms. Mm-hmm.
1: Earwigs. Earwigs. Oh,
2: shit. <laughs> Damn it, earwig is know
0: But ears, either way. Yeah. Ears,
2: earworms. I'm just leaning into earworms. Can we just think anyway.
1: about how gross the term earwig is for this? <laughs> like, like, the bug itself doesn't bother me, but the fact that it's called an earwig, like, really heaves me out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: Oh, spinner. Also, Spinner's weird tension with the lunch lady is classic teen trope, and I love it. I love that she hates him. I love that he hates her back, and now she's his boss.
0: Yeah, I mean, if that hadn't happened, I was going to be a little annoyed, because I do think, I was unsure if I was supposed to be, like, on her side, and then at the end, I was like, oh, I am.
2: (laughs) Because she hates him.
0: Yes.
2: So good. So good. So stupid. (laughs)
0: so do we want
1: to do our favorite thing from the two episodes
0: Ashley's nails so in the first episode when they're looking at the teen magazine it's like the only time I've ever noticed she's like talons and I was like girl why do you have talons what is this it doesn't make any sense with any of her other fashion sense but she like something about her and I wrote Ashley's nails I don't
1: know do they match her eyebrows
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're foul. Oh. That's just foul. In the second episode, her face was a lot. <laughs>
1: um <laughs> shit. Well So the if, Speaking of body hair watch, so <laughs> Emma's hair I'm just gonna track Emma's hair in all of these episodes.
0: Oh man. In
1: in uh, Emma's hair in the first in episode nine was fine. It was normal. But in episode ten, she had can we just take a moment to remember the zigzag part of the late 90s early yes. 2000s but she did it wrong she did it she wrong did. it's like it was such because like she has two pigtails Like you know she's got hair Down in the back but like the two sort of Side pigtails that should be further Back on her head um, yes. But they just like stick straight out Like to the side from the front Of her face like horns that Are pointed down and it's terrible uh. And uh-huh. I'm like girl You should have done like the zigzag Part was awesome and I really Wish that we could bring it back and I just wish that she had done it better
2: yeah, no, and she did it lazily. Like yeah. it wasn't even clean. It was like a white lady part. It was not even a clean part.
1: I mean, Ooh. it was full-on zigzag, but like <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but like <laughs> no, it
2: was like there were some that weren't like as well-defined. She <laughs> just <Sinta's> dying. <laughs> Any, uh, anyway,
1: anyway,
3: um, I, think my, okay. I think my favorite thing is Ma- is Manny's earnestness especially in the first episode she's like i don't know how i'm going to fix this but i'm going to figure it out mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she runs off to do it and 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 i mean they're all the same age but Manny is so small and so
0: she's just so adorable
3: yes. running around trying to help Emma with this i love it
0: when she runs uh, into Paige in the bathroom and Paige is like it's a public bathroom
3: Right, <laughs> and like Manny's like, why are you here?
2: She's carrying like ten things. <laughs> so um, I'm I'm gonna go with the rich potato chips because yeah. I feel like they were really they were here today. They showed up, and um, I don't like potato chips, but
3: I appreciate them. Oh, you know what? My other favorite thing is that soap opera that Emma. Yes. <laughs> <loves it. laughs> Because yeah. I love I love soap operas, but I was also like, what is happening? <laughs> I
2: mean, I'm fairly certain that one actress is a real porn actress though. Porn, this or porn or soap? That sorry, the soap actress, I believe she is a real porn actress though. Oh. Like you just know that? Just sense that you don't <laughs> <hate porn. laughs> Well, you...
0: I'll short message you service it to
2: you. <laughs> I'm mildly dying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One last thing: Liberty's closing line to Emma about how she should stick to the environment and animals. Yeah, I the yeah,
3: <laughs> which <laughs> instead like, of people. Yeah,
2: that was. She's I think not, the point I was trying
1: to make. I just forgot that she actually said it.
2: <laughs> she's, she's not wrong. Oh, so right. That's hashtag life lessons from yeah. Liberty Man. That for real,
1: <laughs> stick to getting that tampon, uh, you know, dispenser in the girls' bathroom,
2: <laughs> which is important, as Sean said. If Emma's behind it, must be a good idea. Yep, <laughs> unless she's helping people, then stay away from Emma, stay far away from Emma.
0: <laughs> So, thanks for listening to That Bleeping Podcast. Uh, that Bleeping Podcast is edited and produced by our own Tiffany Salter, Woo! posted online by Jacinta, and then all of us take turns doing the social media stuff. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you access this podcast. Tell your friends. Share our link. Post it on your social media so you can use social media. Not everyone does. Hi, Tiffany. Hi, <laughs> Tiffany. Uh, blast but i mean you do you just don't but you do i've seen you there i know who you are <laughs> i lurk um, i'm a lurker you can find us on facebook and instagram at that bleeping podcast and on twitter at that bleeping pod and you can find us on the podcatcher of your
1: choice bye latest. Bye. bye we're gonna get
2: pancakes after this we'll skype you in fuck you i want pancakes <laughs> so bad I said oh. we'll
1: skype you in. But, but that doesn't
0: I send you some I send you some in a box. It'll that... be real fun.
2: No. Oh dude, now we are gonna send you box pancakes. I hate you guys. Do you it's mean on, like, like... Donkey Kong? Do you mean like a box of biscuits or nope. oh. a box of already made pancakes? <laughs>
0: Can you please respect my privacy?